if you are walking through a divorce or you know someone who is, I have written several books that will bring practical help and healing during this really rough season. Unraveling, Hanging on to Faith Through the End of a Christian Marriage, Living Through Divorce as a Christian Woman, and Moving on as a Christian Single Mom. You can find the links to all three of these in the show notes. Hey, sweet ones. Welcome back to the All That to Say podcast with me, your host, Elizabeth Klein. On this podcast, we talk about the hard stuff. A, because I've been through a lot of it. B, because most of you have too. And C, because I believe that we have a God who walks with us while we wait. Today, we're going to be talking about who we are waiting on in a waiting season, why we wait, how to wait well, and a few ways to work through our worry as we're waiting. So at every point in our lives, we are either waiting for God to come through for us or a deeper healing to take root or an answer to prayer or a person or circumstance in our lives to change and add to all of that. All of life doesn't just halt when something like this happens. We're already more than likely right now waiting for something or more than one thing. Sometimes it's something we can name immediately, like you know the thing that you are waiting for. And sometimes we don't even know what we're walking through life waiting on God for. We can just tell that we are. So when we find ourselves waiting, who really are we waiting on? If we think about it, we are ultimately waiting on God. Isaiah 64, 1 says, since before time began, no one has ever imagined, no ear heard, no eye seen, a God like you who works for those who wait for him. Psalm 22, sorry, 62, 1 says, God, the one and only, I'll wait as long as he says, everything I need comes from him, so why not? If we are waiting on something, we are waiting on God for him to move and work because everything comes from his hand, including what we deem as slow incoming circumstances. About 15 or so years ago during a season in my life, um, when my first husband said no about something that I deeply wanted and something that I genuinely felt God wanted for us as a family, I felt the spirit impress upon my heart. If you think that man can thwart my plan for you and your family, you are giving him too much credit and power and me not enough. Uh, mic drop. So we are not waiting on a person. You're not waiting on a lawyer or a judge or a boss or a husband or ex-husband or a boyfriend or anything. We're not waiting on a person. We're waiting on God, even when it appears we are waiting on a person. Why do we wait? Waiting benefits us. I know. Ugh. But Isaiah 40, 27 says, those who wait upon God get fresh strength. They spread their wings and soar like eagles. They run and don't get tired. They walk and don't lag behind. We don't wait just because God is a mean God. Waiting 
matures us. Waiting builds compassion and empathy in us. God builds in a renewing and fresh strength that comes only through waiting seasons as rewards for being faithful. So one reason we wait is because it benefits us. Also, waiting does come true fruition. Psalm 40 verse 1 says, I waited and waited and waited for God. At last he looked. Finally, he listened. He lifted me out of the ditch, pulled me from deep mud. He stood me up on a solid rock to make sure I wouldn't slip. We wait because God will answer, because he is always listening, because waiting brings about a going higher and deeper with God than any other season of life, because there is always something good that comes in and from the waiting. We wait because God promises to answer. We also wait with hope because it encourages other believers. Psalm 119.73, when they see me waiting, expecting your word, those who fear you will take heart and be glad. We wait in part because when we wait well, we show others how to depend on God. When I see someone who is waiting for something and they are doing so with grace and a quiet strength, it makes me want to do that too. Okay, so how do we wait? In honesty. Psalm 119.81 says, I'm waiting for your word of hope. My eyes grow heavy watching for some sign of your promise. How long must I wait for your comfort? So we are honest with God. We lay our souls before him. We tell him the truth that we are tired of the waiting and we ask him for help. A great prayer that I've come across is, Jesus, help me until you help me. We wait in honesty because God can take it. We wait in his word. Psalm 119, 113 says, you're my place of quiet retreat. I wait for your word to renew me. We spend time with God. We bring ourselves to his word and we look for his promises. We mine his word for nuggets of truth that we can hold on to. We write them down on post-it notes. We put them on our phone wallpaper. We put them to memory so we can walk around repeating his words to us. We wait in his word because his word is alive and active and God uses it to speak words of reassurance to us. We wait in patience. Habakkuk 2.2 says, if it seems slow in coming, wait. It's on its way. It will come right on time. This is where we remind ourselves repeatedly that God's ways are not our ways and his thoughts are higher than our thoughts. There have been seasons in my life where the waiting was excruciating, where I could have forced a solution or made something happen or rushed through or walked away before I should have walked away. But in waiting and doing things God's way, I can hold my head high, knowing that I have chosen to walk in obedience time and again, honestly, when I haven't wanted to. Not that I haven't messed up a lot in my life or made huge mistakes, or there have been plenty of times where I have forced things. But my heart is pure before God in a way that could only happen 
during the times that I've waited patiently during what has felt like God's slowness. And we wait with conviction. Psalm 37, 34 says, wait passionately for God. Don't leave the path. Lamentations 325 says, God proves to be good to the man who passionately waits, to the woman who diligently seeks. It's a good thing to quietly hope, to quietly hope for help from God. And Micah 7, 7 says, but me, I'm not giving up. I'm sticking around to see what God will do. I'm waiting for God to make things right. I'm counting on God to listen to me. These verses are not passive. These verses do not portray a person hanging their heads low or mumbling in complaint or staying in bed all day, though I have sometimes done those things or I've wanted to do them. These verses are active. They are do the next thing in front of you while you wait kinds of encouragement. We wait actively and we wait with expectation. What I do, God, is wait for you. Wait for my Lord, my God. You will answer. So I wait and pray, Psalm 38, 9. And Psalm 25, 21 says, Use all your skill to put me together, Lord. I wait to see your finished product. We wait believing that God will do what he's promised. The circumstance may not turn out as we're hoping, but he promises to complete us, to heal us, to transform us, and really That is what we're waiting for. Okay, so now I want to talk about a way that we can process our worry. Because I don't know about you, but I'm not, you know, through every waiting season, just binging Netflix and like eating chocolate all day. I typically have a couple hard things going, it seems like almost all the time. So in my waiting, I need my worry even to be proactive. Let's talk about a few ways we handle worry that maybe aren't the greatest in our waiting, especially. So we might numb through eating or drinking or shopping. We might obsess and lose sleep. We might stuff it and pretend we're fine, but we know it'll come out in other ways. I want to debunk a biblical sounding myth. How many of you have heard the phrase, God won't give you more than you can handle? It sounds good, right? I think it's probably on the person's part who's saying it, they're probably trying to comfort the person who's hurting. And it's loosely based on a scripture, but the scripture that they're thinking that they're saying is where God tells us he won't allow us to be tempted beyond what we can escape but will we get more of our share of hard times in this life more than we feel we can handle? Um, Of course we will. First of all, Jesus outright said, in this world, you will have trouble. And secondly, if we didn't get more than we could handle, God would be irrelevant. We are forced into his arms time and again, when we choose to go to him, when we're facing hard times, when we're in a waiting season. So for the record, yes, we will go through hard times. Yes, We will have seasons where we are waiting with what seems like innumerable, unanswered prayer. Yes, it's more than we can handle sometimes. And yes, being overwhelmed is a normal reaction to being human. So with all that said, I want to get super practical. I'm going to share one of my best tips for dealing with the season of waiting. And I I wish I 
can say that I came up with this phrase. A friend of a friend came up with this phrase. Stay in your day. So I recently heard a saying that's brilliant. I have no idea if you've ever, um, how I'd never heard it before. I don't know if you've heard it, but here we go. If it's hysterical, it's historical. Meaning that when emotions are overwhelming, they may not be fully relevant to the present situation. So when I say stay in your day regarding your worry or waiting, I mean two things. One, let's try to trace your feelings back. Is what you're worried about actually a trigger for you? Are you unconsciously attributing a past pain to a current situation and maybe making it larger than it actually is? I think you'll know if that's the case and you can address it by reminding yourself that that was then and this is now, or for instance, that was your ex-husband, he's nothing like your new husband, etc. But also when I say stay in your day, I mean this. When I am struggling with a totally big fear or I don't know how long something is going to be playing out, I sort of stumbled upon a little trick that has worked surprisingly well. Many years ago, when I was a single mom, I was, um, for the most part, doing okay in the loneliness department, but it seemed to really hit me on the weekends my kids went with their dad. And I remember one specific evening where I was feeling lonely. Uh, It just felt like this heavy weight. My heart just kind of ached. And... I remember thinking to myself, just kind of this phrase of just wondering if I would be alone for the rest of my life. And when I would really sit with that, you know, even for a few moments, it could totally freak me out. It was a very real fear for me, even though at the same time, back then I was not looking for, um, and had no plans for another husband, but it's still the loneliness and that fear was still real for me. But I remember this one specific time I stopped myself and said out loud, wait, okay, I'm going to be alone tonight and I can totally handle being alone tonight. In fact, I kind of want to be alone tonight. And then I took it another step further and I just said, I'm not going to meet anyone tonight and be in a relationship by tomorrow. And not only can I handle that, I'm really okay with that. I don't want to be in a relationship tomorrow. I could completely turn my thought process around and let it go when I would minimize the far off future and bring myself right into my immediate present. Honestly, it worked for me every time I did that. So try it the next time you're facing one of those what if kind of worries or one of those what seems to be an open-ended waiting season. Simply ask yourself, are you okay today? Will I be okay tomorrow? All right then. David said of God in Psalm 138.8, the Lord will perfect that which concerns me. When all is said and done, reminding ourselves that we have a loving Father God who is deeply and intimately concerned with our lives can bring a sense of calm if we let it. Finally, I want to touch briefly on all the times that Jesus said, do not fear in the Bible. 
do not fear is not a command in the same way do not lie or do not steal our commands. Those are things we are told not to do because they are bad things. But when we see the words do not fear in scripture, we need to start thinking of them as an assurance from God, as comfort from God, as in you don't have to fear because I'm God and I see it all and I know every detail I've got you. I'm with you. In fact, I've heard it said that when you read the words, do not fear, start immediately adding in your mind, I am here. We don't have to fear because we have a loving, kind, providing God who sees watching over us and waiting with us. We have a God who sees walking beside us every moment, who has been in every moment of time that has already happened and that will happen. And this God has loved you every moment of your life. You have not lived even one alone or unloved moment in your life. So remember, do not fear equals I am here. Girls, we don't know how long our waiting is going to go. We don't know when it's going to come to a close. We don't know how it's going to wrap up. And we don't know when we'll be on to our next thing. But we do know a few things that are rock steady. God is with us. God is with you right now. God sees every detail of your life. God promises to strengthen you, sustain you, provide for you, cover you with his peace. God loves each of you completely, perfectly, intimately, from the moment he thought you up to every moment you've ever lived until and beyond the moment you are with him face to face. And we know this from 1 Peter 3, from the Passion Translation, that with all that we have to look forward to, the new heavens and the new earth, seeing Jesus face to face, all our tears being wiped away, no more pain, no more sadness, no more death, no more anxiety, no more fear, all the best of everything, we truly are able to choose to live in the peace of God. Let me pray over you. God, sometimes we can be impatient. How I wish our transformation could happen overnight. I want my thing to be over. I want the waiting to be over. I want everyone's waiting to be over. but clearly you have something for each of us in the waiting. Show us, Lord, how to stay close to you during this time, how to tend to our soul so that we are more open to what you have for us. Walk with us, please, Lord, and reveal your love to each of us. Amen. Sweet girls, if this episode or the All That To Say podcast has been meaningful to you, would you consider 
sharing it, subscribing to it, rating it, reviewing it, or even financially supporting it, any or all of those mean more to me than you know. And thank you to each one of you who has done any of those. So sweet ones, all that to say, you are the unconditionally beloved daughter of God, and he is so delighted with you. You came into this world and you start each day already completely loved with no other loves to beg for and nothing to prove to anyone. Till next time, so, so much love.